Welcome to the Aggressive Life. Tell me if you hear this one. A pastor, a builder, a tax accountant, and an energy businessman hop in their trucks and they drive 9,000 plus miles from Spokane, Washington, all the way through Canada into Alaska, getting as far north as the Arctic Circle. Have you heard that one? <laughs> have, you, have you heard this one? A dyslexic walks into a bra. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that written on a written on a stall in some little village in Alaska that I did with these guys for 30 days we camped everything that we needed was in our trucks we ate in the woods slept in the woods and pooped in the woods us and our wives uh, we might have had two showers the entire time we saw bears doll sheep salmon fished tried to conquer Alaska, and we worked together to do it. And it was freaking awesome. So today, it's all about making all of our listeners of The Aggressive Life jealous. That's what we're here for, to make you jealous. No, we're actually going to talk about our summer Alaska adventure, and maybe you're jealous, maybe you're not interested at all, maybe you just hear somebody's story that you hadn't thought of before or even considered there was a different way to do a vacation. It was a year in the planning, and we pulled it along Pulled it off alongside my friends, Chuck, Jeff, and Kim, who are here in the studio. And I probably shouldn't even tell you those names. I never even used those names. Let's just go around right now and introduce yourselves. Kim Baird. Been a Crossroads member since about 2009. I just retired in January. I used to be a tax accountant. So uh, my wife, Lori, volunteers here at Crossroads. And uh, yeah, I was, this was a, an epic trip, trip of a lifetime. So Wonderful. Kim Barrett also, a.k.a. dry clean. Had <laughs> the cleanest person you could possibly imagine. So we go, clean. Oh, so clean. So, so, so clean. So, so clean nice. all the time. <laughs> okay, great. You, man? So my name's Chuck Whitlock. Um, I'm a husband of one, father of three. I have five dogs, a horse, and ten chickens. I live in northern Kentucky. <laughs> I like Jesus. I'm trying to figure out how I... I'm, enjoy spending time with Brian. Right. And you are man. That's who you are. Man. Because <laughs> I never say man. <laughs> man. I gave him his nickname. I said, okay, we're going to start calling you man. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you always say that. I said, what? I said, you always say man. He, he, he paused for a moment and he went, I, I don't know that I like that man. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck. Uh, uh, I'm Jeff Tucker. Uh uh, retired president of Tucker Homes, handed off to the next generation, and I'm still working in the industry and some consulting stuff. And I live in Indiana, been at Crossroads since 2010, got a great wife and four kids, and it was a great trip. Yeah. So Crossroads is my day job. Uh, this is not a Crossroads podcast, which is the church I started and lead. But my friends, believe it or not, go to the church that I go to and the church that I started. And so that's why the Crossroads thing came up here. And I, I think that for me is maybe the best part of the trip is I am thankful that I had four great dudes and good spouses to have a good time with. It was great. Yeah. It Thank was you. awesome. It was right great. back at you. Yeah. Maybe we want to start with uh, with you, Dry Clean, because I think yours is kind of the most interesting, most uh, aggressive story uh, of ours in terms of how you got on the trip. 
You just retired. Tell us your story. What you told people with your corporate retirement policy. You said you're a tax accountant fund. You ran the tax accountant <laughs> at a Fortune 5 company or something like that. Uh, the main tax guy. Kind of a kind of a big deal. And uh, what happened to your retirement party and how'd that all go down? Well, let me just go back to uh, when I got invited to this because uh, you and I were traveling uh, last year in September. And we were talking. I think you, uh, we were talking about how I was an old farmer. Uh, I, I camped when we were younger and everything, and all of a sudden, we're just having a drink, and Brian says, um, hey, we're going to Alaska next summer. Want to go? And it's like, oh, my. I mean, it was it, – my first thought was absolutely, of course, because when you told me about the trip, it sounded fantastic. When I went and told the people at work that I was going to be retiring and I was going to go to Alaska, I had a lot of friends who basically looked at me like I was crazy – and I kind of like that because uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is That's something. That's why we're friends. This is something. <laughs> Tax accounts is, are all crazy. They are. They <laughs> are. Uh, but, but long story short on that, you know, we decided to do it. And then I mean, we're starting from scratch because all of you had overlanded before. All of you had trucks. We didn't have anything. So I was looking to you, Brian. I was looking to Chuck for some coaching on what do I need? How do I do it? I didn't even know Jeff yet. Jeff didn't show up until we went to Kentucky for the test run a couple months before we went to Alaska. So that, that's that's our story. Yeah. So we just, we started putting it together, you know. And, and if you don't know overlanding, it, well, how would you how would you define and describe overlanding to somebody who doesn't even know the term? Uh, overlanding is you've got everything on your truck. So you've got a big truck, you've got a tent on top, you've got your gear, you've got a refrigerator, you've got a water tank, you've got everything you need. You got extra fuel, and you're going places where other people don't go. So you're off the trail, you're off the road, you're you're back into the mix, into the you know into the stuff, and it's not your typical camping, you know, where you pull in and you go to a spot and you camp at a, at a at a, at a state or local campground or whatever. You're you're camping wherever we decide to camp that right, night. Right, right. And you're pooping wherever nature yeah. has a spot for you and all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, so said, that was a big adjustment. And you said big truck, not necessarily big truck, because. <laughs> Because <laughs> the rock thrower, the rock thrower, <laughs> or Hot Wheels, you can, take a, you can take a little Hot Wheels vehicle. Oh come on, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Red Rock Slinger, yeah. right. Red Shatter Truck of Death. Of windshields. How many windshields does your truck uh, crush? Oh, at least three. <laughs> All oh. of us just uh, were going down these roads and just got pulverized by rocks in our windshield and and your yours whatever threw it up the biggest i don't know what it was but Those it was tires yeah it was. Those little itty-bitty tires <laughs> do big, big rocks. Beans, how come you didn't mention Ziploc bags and <laughs> sat phones and um, all, on your overlanding trip? You had you were kitted out, I had, I had I had a long checklist, you know. We were really, I was prepared. We were prepared for a anything. A place for everything and, and everything for a hey, place. Hey, hey, and a speck of dust never on anything. Right. Well, the roll-top cover was nice, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we got on some of those dusty roads. Yeah. You guys spent a lot of time cleaning up your gear and everything, so... I'm trying to think here. I know a lot of people are never going to overland, and this is not a, hey, start overlanding podcast. This is not a, uh, everyone ought to get to Alaska podcast, though. I think it's pretty awesome, and I would encourage you to. But I'm just trying to remember things that I was impressed by of ways that we all pushed ourselves and got out there. And you went out, and you bought this uh, brand-new truck, 
and you got to kid it outright, which anybody can do that. But then what you did in the inaugural test run in Kentucky, which <laughs> you and Kimberly had never done this before, mm-hmm. you, you, you then and in Alaska put your truck in harm's way and put all kind of scratches all over it. And there's a lot of us that really have the stuff, but we can't bear the thought of it getting mm-hmm. scratched. It's like the goal is to keep it preserved. No, the goal is to to live life. And I, I was really impressed with that with you because as as an accountant, I mean, you're paid and your natural wiring is everything to tie, everything lines up, everything has its place, everything ma- needs to make sense. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to take a very expensive truck and put stripes all over it from branches. Was that hard for you? What do you think about that? Initially, definitely, no doubt about it. But the more you do it, the more it is just part of the process. You know, and now when I see the trucks that are nice and shiny with the big wheels at, the, and I'm, I'm not being judgmental here. Go ahead. If, if at the mall. Good, be the mall crawlers. At the mall, the mall crawler. <laughs> I think to myself, wow, look at that. I can't believe right. he did that. And he, look, he doesn't have a scratch on that. Right. So, so, but but and and part of the adventure is getting to those places. And unless you can get to those places, you know, I mean, then it's just you are. You're just going down the road looking for a campground. So right. exactly. Uh, so so I got over that. You warned me about it, but I got over it. And and now you know it is what it is, and it's just part of the game. Yeah, yeah. That's the right attitude. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the whole overlanding thing. I agree with you when it comes to. I mean, and I think I saw you say this one time. But if you if you or considering something like that, just go do it because you're going to learn as you go. And then if you can partner up with somebody who has some experience doing it, you can you can have some fun. It's mm-hmm. going to take a little – it took us a while to figure out what we needed and what we didn't need and everything. We're still working on it. I think that's part of the fun of this hobby and any hobby really. It's the, it's the research and the learning phase. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Man, you 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 saved us all a lot. I've been to, to was to Alaska one time on my motorcycle. You've been you had been there several times. Lived there for a while. You ended up being the being the uh, trip captain, leading and figuring stuff out for all of us. You and May, uh, how was the trip for you? So I think it was awesome. Um, you know, when I when I've thought about since the trip, I think the the biggest thing for me is how you could put eight people together. And not just have rock fights all the time. That was amazing. I mean, um, you know, but going to Alaska, there's no other there's no other place that I've seen in the world that's like Alaska, right? I mean, even when you're driving through Canada, you see big mountains and you're like, oh, my gosh, right? And then you get to Alaska and you're like, are you kidding me? Um, so living there for six years, it was a pleasure for me to kind of show you guys Alaska. And then I got to see parts of Alaska that I hadn't seen. And uh, probably more in the Yukon territory. Like I'd never been to Dawson City. I never did that one road where the guy. Where was that trucker that broke down? Was on the road Campbell for Highway. Campbell yeah. Highway. Yeah. The guy was two days. Yeah, two days, man. Like just sitting there, eighteen wheelers. <laughs> so he, I got to see. Did some, was someone coming for him? We didn't leave. Yeah, no, alert, no, yeah, no. Well, we we probably should have given him some food. But yeah, he said his buddy left two days earlier and was going to come back and get him. Mm. And we should have let. We should have let. Bean should have let him use his sat phone, you know? Right. right. My cell phone didn't work, right? right My cell right. phone didn't work anywhere. You mean his douchebag phone. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, love you guys. Nobody has, nobody has a sat phone who isn't a douchebag. Nobody. <laughs> so, but it was awesome. I love Alaska. I love living there. I love showing you guys Alaska. I love seeing new spots. I got to go to, you know, like every place in the world that's cool. 
um, more people show up. I think when we went into Kennecott, when we went back to the mines, mm-hmm. we drove, what, 35 or 40 miles on a dirt road to get back there. And when I, I had this glacial moraine pictured, you know, with the big mountains behind it, and we showed up, and it was like Disneyland, man. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? But I guess that's the nature. But I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was relaxing. There were only a couple of times that being the because I'd never led a trip like this before, yeah. you know, and so uh, it was probably I spent a lot of time with my wife in the truck, and when I when I was feeling kind of all the things that were coming as you know where are we going to try to get to how's this all going to fit in, my wife bore a lot of that yeah. anxiety and uh, or you know whatever so. It was good. It was good for us to figure out how to handle that. And that was that day I came to you, and I'm like, "Man, we gotta, we gotta." My wife, my wife needs a shower, man. So we need a break. <laughs> and right. so we went to Girdwood and hung out there for a day, and then she her batteries were recharged, and it was awesome. It's a leadership is a taxing thing, and I've been on enough trips like this or bike trips to know that perpetual democracy for every decision breaks down real fast. Yeah. You need a leader. Now, every once in a while, some of the trip can go, hey, raise a flag. I don't know if I like that decision. That can happen every once in a while. and That's fine. But, like, what do you guys want to do today? When do you guys want to stop? Where do you guys want to eat? Okay, we're going to do who – want, who wants this campsite? Who wants, you can do it every once in a while. But, man, yeah. when it's like that, every decision, oh, gosh, it's brutal. And you uh, you served us well. Well, yeah. I think you guys were yeah. easy yeah. to lead to, right, in, in a lot that. of ways. You guys were awesome. And I wanted I, I didn't want to I didn't want it to be my trip I wanted it to be everybody's trip and so there were times where I would go like here's the plan and more often than not everybody was like I'm down for that you know right. Lori wanted way more information than than I even had because I'm not a planner by nature and so she was like where are we going I'd tell her the next town on the map that's where we're going and then after that I'm not sure. <laughs> I love the map sessions. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. We'd lay them out and plan. We did that three or four times, having skin mm-hmm. in the game, man. It was cool. Right. It, was, I, I, it, was, uh, it was great. Jeffrey, you were the latest ad in the last ad of the trip. Tell us about just how you got in the trip and what you had to do to make it happen and everything. Well, so we, uh, we went on an overlanding trip with you and, and Kim and Chuck, and you, the first night you guys started talking about this Alaska trip. And I'm going, wow, that is really awesome that they're going. And so that was Friday night and Saturday night. That was his inaugural trip in Kentucky. Overland. It's the first I'd met Kim yeah. and Laurie. Yeah. So, yeah. So got to meet them and you guys were talking about the trip. And, and I, I just remember thinking Friday night when I went to bed, wow, that's really cool. That would, I bet that's going to be awesome. And then Saturday night we're sitting around the fire and, and you and Chuck said, Hey, you guys ought to go with us. And I said, I've just got to, I've been, Working in Romania, and I had to make sure I could clear all that and make it work, and I did. Or and quit. So, or quit, and I probably <laughs> – if they would have said, we can't sacrifice you, I said, we're going to find somebody else. Because I was – I really, really wanted to go, and my wife really wanted to go. And so it took me about three days of some phone calls and emails, and I got it worked out and Bam. texted you and said, I'm in. Yeah. 
So, and we're just, I'm just really thankful you guys asked and really thankful that we went because it was. And that little truck, man, we couldn't even see you in the rear view mirror. Yeah, I know. It's just, you know, I was was stealthy. That's how I broke all those windshields. That little truck, all it could hold was your uh, Marlboro cigarettes. Exactly. That's all it could hold, which which is the only reason you got invited. So someone I could have Marlboros with. That that was the only reason you were invited. VT's like, Whitlock's lame, man. Like, what am I going to do around here? He just just has organic peach juice every day. That's all he does. You got dry clean over here. The only calories he takes in are uh, dry <laughs> lettuce. Well, I don't care why I got invited. I'm just glad I got invited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I'm glad you were there. So completely it was right. It was just it was just terrific. It was just a just everything about the trip was terrific. I loved every time we had something mechanical going. Jeff went to his truck and he brought out another tool bag. He had everything. <laughs> right. You know, he really did. You came prepared. Yeah, he was. You 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 had the right tool for the job again and again and again. Well, just it you know, dumb luck and you know, being on a few trips and being around equipment, you kinda get an idea what what you might need, but but we all pitched in on some stuff. That was another cool thing. You know, if something broke, Chuck might have the tool or you might have the tool and it was great and it was great to I think there was one time we had all four of us maybe laying under a truck looking at <laughs> looking at something. But what do you what do you think we do here? So the, you know, figuring that stuff out, it was just it was just great. It was know? it was part of the fun. It's yeah. pretty amazing, really. The only thing we had was a what a five hour detour in Fairbanks because your wheel bearings went out. Was yeah. that was that it? Yep. Yeah, that, that was, was it. That was fortunate. What's his name? That- Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Was... You were talking to Daniel a lot. So listen, man, yeah, my no, job's to talk to everybody. You talk to everybody. <laughs> exactly. Stop it. Stop talking no, no. to everybody. You get out not, of the freaking car. It's will not last. happen. He sees some. He sees some guy driving a bike. Riding a bike, huh, man? What kind of bike you got? Where'd you drive from? Where are you so, going to? So what PSIs your What PSIs your tires at? Not fair. So that, but that that Daniel. So I was thinking about this mm, trip, and I think the yeah. big one of the things for me. I remember Daniel, mm-hmm. that guy, just his story, and then and then the young kid when we were in Chicken, Alaska, the guy that was from L.A. shows mm. up in Chicken, Alaska, and he wants to learn to bartend. Mm, right. And I'm just thinking about all these people, man, that just have these their their stories are so cool and amazing, and they're just out doing stuff that that most people would never like. To, if if you told me a hundred ways to learn how to bartend, going to Chicken Alaska wouldn't make the list. So let's let's talk about these. This is about stories. It's part of what you get when you get outside yourself. You see things and talk to people you normally wouldn't. So these are two interesting stories. So bartending Chicken Alaska, that doesn't mean anything to the average person. Tell us what's Chicken Alaska. Where <laughs> what does the bar look like? Why why would someone get a job at this place? It's in the middle of nowhere. And there is an old gold mine, mm-hmm. and they got like a. That's three buildings. Yeah, three buildings that's, that's, and a big gigantic metal chicken, and you know they got a bar, a restaurant kind of deal, and then a gift store, and then five outhouses. Yeah, and, and the we gift store there. doesn't even have anybody tending to it. You have to go. No, get, they're all open. Yeah, they're all open. You got to go get the guy at yeah. the food shop to come down and sell. <laughs> the guy that wants to learn how to bartend. Right. He's like, I'm not trying to learn how to sell T-shirts, man. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> And so the guy, the guy that was in there, you know, again, I didn't start talking to him, but I ended up talking to him. <laughs> oh, and, come his sto- on. and his story was he was from Los Angeles and he couldn't figure out how to, he wanted to be a bartender yeah. and he couldn't figure out how to, he couldn't get a job as a bartender. So he's like, I'm going to chicken Alaska to get experience. And they hired him. And 
that's what he's, you know, then he'll go back to LA and go, yeah, I attended bar for, you know, a year in chicken, Alaska. No, he didn't tell people that attending bar meant. Yeah. Selling t-shirts. And about four (laughs) bottles of alcohol and about four people a day that came in. (laughs) But yeah, you could, you could check it off. I love, I I was looking for my old pictures. (laughs) It's the kind of place that had these uh, placards that I, I, I almost bought one. So I took a picture of all of them. Like one of them was like forecast for tonight. Alcohol, low standards, and poor decisions. <laughs> Remember that one? There's one that said Sasquatch doesn't believe in you either. Yeah, right, exactly. That was, that, that was the other one. And since it's, since it's in Chicken, Alaska, uh, rise and shine, mother cluckers, was another one. Uh, I love that stuff. I thought that was, that was great. So Daniel is another interesting story. Oh, so we, had, so we had this guy in Chicken. He tells us, hey, when you go, whatever, 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 you go, there's a bartender down there. Like, what bar? What are you talking about? Oh, when you go uh, Dawson series a bar where you can you can have a a drink and have a petrified toe that fell off a guy's foot decades ago, and you can have a shot of whiskey and the toe touches your lips. When you see that, we go, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. Wait, what? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? So yeah, I go in there and what was the guy's name? Danny or something like this. Tell him I sent you. Okay, so we ended up going to Dawson City and I don't know if you ever had a shot of whiskey with a toe that came off a human being at the bottom <laughs> of the glass before that when you drink it, it either goes down your throat or just stops at your teeth and lips. We all did it. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Sour Toe Joe. Sour Toe Joe. That's what it was. Yeah. It was amazing. And I mean, the, bar- it was, the it bartender was a- there knew the guy at Chicken. Yes, yeah. he did. It's like it was, a five-hour yeah, drive. Yeah, right. It was Rob, and then they had the captain. I can't remember. Well, all the except for man, you don't drink, respectfully, yeah. but so you yeah. didn't do it. But yeah. we found out. about I thought it was going to be my only drink, my you first drink think. ever. I know. And then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing it." I think that's I mean, a good decision. The keep toe going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it, keep it. Mm-hmm. It's 58 years of no alcohol, and it's not going to. I, I liked your line that if because people always say, "Hey, want to have a drink? Have a drink." You you could have you could always say from then on, "No." I only have one drink, right. Sour Toe Joe, whatever it is. Unless there's a dead toe in it, I'm not doing it. Right, exactly. That's, that's the only drink I have. <laughs> if you cut your toe off and put it in there, I'll have it. If not, forget it. <laughs> and then Daniel. Give us the Daniel story. So Daniel was – so that was the guy. You found him, Brian. It was when we pulled into Fairbanks, right, and I rolled my window down. We just come off the uh, – just came out of the Arctic Circle, and I hear this wheel bearing grinding, and so – we get all, we all get on the phone to try to find a guy, and you found the shop, and uh, so we go over there, and this guy's a really you know just a really interesting guy. He was a he was an he was from Louisiana, I believe. He was an Allison transmission tech, and so I started talking to him about because I want to swap the Allison transmission in that Dodge, and uh, so just. Just you know, hearing his story, he had a, he had something wrong with his brain, and um, this guy hired him. Couldn't do a lot of heavy lifting, but he was there. He was down to change the uh, wheel bearing for me, and ended up changing two wheel bearings. Right. And uh, after hours, you're right. After hours. Right. So it would have been, it, you know, the chances of getting that stuff fixed. Mm-hmm. Well, it couldn't have happened in a better spot in Fairbanks, mm-hmm. and then um, to have that guy, you know. I think we were we even talking about flying him down here. Is the guy that owned the shop had bought a, a Dodge in Columbus, Ohio, and I was like, "Fly him down here, and I'll get that 
transmission and he can swap it in my pole barn. <laughs> and uh, then I found out that it was six weeks out for the transmission. So that wasn't happening. But just a really interesting guy, man. And so, you know, I think that was for me, a big part of this trip was just connecting and seeing people that are just living life, man. And they're, you know, I mean, making stuff happen. Yeah. He had one kid and was recently divorced, had something happen with his brain. Just a really genuine guy, very he helpful. Was. Very and, good dude. And uh, man, I love Soul talking to earth. him. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I'm curious for you guys. We all run in different circles. We're all friends, obviously. Uh, we were f friends to some degree before we started. And then obviously, you can't, don't spend four weeks with somebody else and then not become even a better friend with them. But we all have different friendship circles back here at home. We're interacting with different people. I, th mm -hmm. I believe that's the case anyway. I'm curious. Um, what do you tell people? Like, what's your what's your first memory you tell people or say, well, how was it? What happened? Is there a memory or two that you just go or a, an event or two that you're always the ones you tell people about? How about you, Jeffrey? Oh, I, you for sure got to bring up the Glacier View car launch. Oh, I my mean, gosh. So you're, <laughs> that's the first one for you? Yeah. Because Is that the first one for you, man? It depends on the crowd, right, but yeah, all right. probably. All right, we'll get around it. So tell us about it. <laughs> so... So you talked about it in service yesterday, but we somebody sent a video out like the end of May that showed this glacier view that car launch. That would be oh, me. that was you, okay? That was that was me. In. So so we're we're within a couple hours of Glacier View, Alaska. We spent the night at Hatcher's Pass yeah. the night before, and we end up getting there at and at the gates open at nine o'clock. We got there at nine o'clock. We paid our money, and if you would have told me at any point before that you're going to sit in a chair. From nine o'clock in the morning until five in the afternoon. Now you're going to get up and walk around, but but you're just going to sit there. I would go. There's no way I want to do that. Yeah. It was one of the most glorious things I've ever witnessed in my life, and it was just that whole day was just a blast. And we just you know so we we go to this thing. It's like three hour wait to get out of the parking lot because there's so much traffic, and there were these kids in this Chevy van, and they roll out with a karaoke machine and we did karaoke for two hours with people we didn't know. <laughs> right. And it was and just, jam. And, it, and it was just, it, it was just great. It was just, yeah. you know, and, and most people, when I tell them, they just don't get it. They just no. don't, it doesn't register. When you tell them that 20 cars one it's at a like, time oh. were driven at full speed off a 300 foot cliff yeah. and they land in a protective water moat just in front of you so yeah. you don't die? Yeah. You don't know, tell them that? They don't I get that? I tell them all of it, and they're like, oh, that sounds okay. Yeah, like, no, you, it's no. like, it was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was unbelievable. You know, it was like, you know, like the the wildest dreams you have as a kid of crashing up cars, and it was all right there. It's, it's mesmerizing. It's, it is. To have what was it? Was there ten thousand, fifteen thousand people there? Some around ten or twelve, something like that. Sitting there, and a horn goes, <clears throat> and everyone's talking, have a beer, and then all of a sudden, dead quiet. And all of a sudden, this this, this car comes launching off. Everyone's going, oh, everyone's going, oh, it comes up, and it hits. Everyone goes, yeah. every single <laughs> time. It was amazing. It was yeah. so good. And my, my, the, if you say specific to traveling to Alaska, that that long day, we, we the Atlan Lake, that campsite, because mm. uh, we stopped pretty early. We'd been going pretty hard, yeah, man. and we stopped early that day, and we left late the next day because it was just such a beautiful sight. And 
I, I felt like everybody kind of got their batteries recharged that at that site, and it was just a really sweet, sweet spot and was in a nice time. We broke our kayaks out. We broke our at midnight right on. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, didn't get yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah, it was just no, that was that was that was a really special spot for me. So you hit those again and again. How about you, man? What's what's the question? Uh, when someone says, "How's Alaska?" What's the first two stories you tell them? Yeah, the so I think it would depend, but I think the car the car launch would come in. You know, if yep. the I think the people that I hang out with probably appreciate that more. If I had a deeper conversation, it would be along the lines of the people that we just connected with, right? I mean, the guy that the guy that led the karaoke. I mean, that guy. If I saw that guy a hundred times, I'd probably never engage with him. Right. But what a pleasant human being, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was so supportive of people. He sucked singing himself. But he was just—he was a really genuine guy. Dyed hair, green, yep. purple, yep. colored braces, the whole deal. He smelled. Yeah, oh, they, they all smelled. smelled. Yeah. There, it was a bunch of not dead good. Head. No, it was a bunch of deadheads in a in a van, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't laugh, your daughter might just, be in here. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> and they, <laughs> these kids start rolling out yeah. of it, and they stink the high heaven. Outside. And they have a karaoke outside, yeah. and they have a karaoke machine, and they have a great attitude, and they're, they're really so sweet awesome. people. They, they were, were just delightful. trying to build into people. They yeah, were delightful. Right. Yeah. It was really so. I think if so, those those would be the those would be the stories I'd probably talk about. It was a lot of driving, man. I mean, we drove a long ways, right? Just and it's and you're spending, you know, you're probably driving 300 miles a day or or something close to that. You're spending a lot of time, you know, with my wife. And and that's a worthwhile adventure. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't I don't get that kind of just one on one time with my wife, mm-hmm. like not not in my normal day to day for sure. Yeah. So I think it would depend, but definitely the car launch. Mm-hmm. Directly, how about you? Yeah, I mean, car launch is uh, it's top three. I also love the Arctic Circle because we we worked that out at Cook Inlet that one night where we were trying to decide do we have time to go all the way up to the Arctic Circle and. We sat there and we talked about it. We had Google Maps. We had our, our garments. We had the paper map. And we decided to do that. Sat phone if we needed if it. If we needed it. If we needed it. <laughs> and we took off for the Arctic Circle. And you had to plan for fuel and everything when we went up there. And we got there and it was like – and that was kind of a goal of ours, I think, once we decided to do it to get there. And then from there, it's coming back. You know, It's time to go start heading back to the United States and everything. And I remember the trip out of there the next morning. It was a beautiful morning. The sun was coming through the clouds. I'd put some distance between myself and Jeffrey because he was beating the shit out of my <laughs> right, windshield. Yeah. And so, Red vehicle of death. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so they, I could see him and Chuck way up in front of me. And it was just – it was beautiful. It was us. And trees and that the mountains and, the, and that tundra and the pipeline and it was it was gorgeous. So uh, I do tell people about that, but they definitely. Uh, I took my iPad to my small group the other night, and everybody loved watching those car launch. Did they really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a good thing. But but uh, uh, the Arctic Circle coming out of there and being up there that was pretty cool. I thought. Yeah, if I did it again, <clears throat> I would make it a priority to get all the way to Prudhoe Bay as far as I could, which I wasn't really driven to do that because everything I've heard that uh, there's a chain link fence up there. There's nothing to see up there. Um, and there might not be anything to see at Prudhoe Bay, which is the furthest you can drive north of Alaska, which, by the way, what I should have said earlier on this is before you listen to anything else, go to your go to your phone, look at Google Maps, 
and just see how far it is from wherever you live right now to Miami or wherever you live right now to Maine or wherever you live right now to Seattle, any corner of the continental United States. And then contrast that with how far, again, it is just to the border of Alaska, just the border. You'll get a sense of the scale of the magnificent landmass that we live on. And I, uh, you know, I would have thought, ah, Prudhoe Bay, whatever, whatever, just chain link fence. And I'm just, I'm just parroting what other people have said. But that drive up to the Arctic Circle, which is, I don't know, what, half the way to Prudhoe Bay, you think? Probably half, yeah. Half, yeah. So Fairbanks to the Arctic Circle, which is basically just the top 33% of the, uh, of, of the globe. That drive from Fairbanks to the Arctic Circle was stunning, amazing, my favorite drive of the whole thing, and I just wanted to keep doing it. Only, from what I understand, it only gets more beautiful because you get in the Brooks Mountain Range and everything else above. I would, that, would, that would entice me to go back and do it again. How First hard thing. was it to get all that crap off the bottom of your truck? <laughs> oh, man. From that? Yeah. I laid for three hours with yeah. a power washer under my truck, and it was like concrete off that highway. Right, because what, it was calcite <clears throat> or something like that? Calcium Another great woman. How about that girl with the, the – I didn't talk to her. She talked to me. But the flag the flag lady. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Right. She's mm-hmm. making $40 an hour, working 12-hour shifts, yep. holding Seven a stop, twins. slow sign, living in a trailer <laughs> with her cat, right? I mean, I just love those stories. Yeah. But anyway, she was like, man, make sure you wash your truck. And I'm like, oh, okay, it'll be all right. And then she was right. It was like a Luan piece of concrete mm-hmm. all over the bottom right. of my well, truck. Well, somehow I – I cracked my one rim, you know, and it was leaking. Yeah. I forgot when yep. I got home and I took it back and it's like the inside of the rim, which you can't see the power wash from where you normally are because it's inside the rim under the brakes. It, they were all, all those wheels were just crazy caked with yep. an eighth to a quarter inch of crud. You can't get off unless you're chipping it with a putty knife or something like that yeah, it was on normal. the whole truck. Right. Great. But, you know, again... That's why a lot of people Use don't it. do stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't want to get their stuff dirty. They don't want. To, they don't take the risk. And this is why it's called the aggressive life. I'm just hoping people don't come out of here with the drive necessarily to go to Alaska, but say, you know, there's things I'd like to do. I need to be less concerned about breaking something. I need to be less concerned about a plan not working out. I need to just kind of go after a dream or a hope or desire I have. You know, for sure. So the car launch for you, is there another one for you that you tell people about? Well, I, uh, you remember we found Classic Alaska. That Ooh. was on the Denali oh. Highway, mm-hmm. and it was that, was that was a hard one to find. That was a hard one to find. You had to work hard at that. Yeah. You, were like clapping in the, you were like clapping in the woods to make sure the bears were gone, you right. know, because you'd get back there. But once we got there, that was probably the most beautiful. Mm. I mean, that valley yeah. that we looked across there was something, and we were out of it right there. We were away sure. from everything sure. there. Yeah, about 5 o'clock every day or somewhere about there, you got to get into, okay, we got to start figuring out where we're going to camp tonight. And we had a great app, iOverlander, a lot of great campsites, whether it's official campsite or unofficial, someone found it in the middle of the woods. It's really, really helpful, and we leaned on a lot. But my favorite ones, and that day we really had to use it anyway, was just your – innovation station of where could we go and we found a place or i found a place that was through some really narrow alder bushes which are you know like chest high thick bushes but there had been four wheels back there and and we went back and it just <laughs> I mean, you may as well just had a, had a bunch of third graders say hey kids 
why does everybody go up and everyone get a stick out of out of the, out of the woods and let's have a whole class of 100 people just walk back and forth on the sides of my trucks back and forth <laughs> back and forth and see what it's like and it came up to where we named all of our sites classic alaska it was a bluff yeah. that looked out over a place where i can't believe we didn't see more moose and bear and all that stuff and classic creeks and it was it was gorgeous it was really yeah. fantastic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there were there were so many cool campsites yeah. i mean yeah. we we camped along rivers a couple times where we were able to get in the water get cleaned up a little bit that were just gorgeous just gorgeous today's episode is brought to you by ag1 I gave AG1 a try because I was feeling a bit sluggish, not confident I was getting all the nutrients that I felt that I needed, and I thought maybe this is an easy solution. So I drink AG1 in the morning. I love doing the morning. I do it on an empty stomach. It forces me to get 12 ounces of water into my system. I love doing something proactive and aggressive to make me feel better and at least give me peace of mind. AG1 is designed with this kind of ease in mind so you can live healthier and better without having to complicate your routine. Each scoop has 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash aggressive life. That's drinkag1.com slash aggressive life to take control of your health. Check it out. Big news, pre-sales for the next two books in the Five Marks of a Man library are open right now. It's almost like we could say the Five Marks of a Man trilogy. Almost. Yeah, there's like almost. Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then there's- The Five Marks trilogy. Five Marks of trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not quite the same <laughs> the same writing quality, but but close. Close, very close. Close. Very close. So this is includes a repackaged edition of the original, along with updated artwork and a new preface, and an all-new tactical guide designed to be used with a group of like-minded dudes giving you challenges, prompts, discussion questions to work the marks into your life. Take my word for it. This isn't your grandmother's fill-in-the-blank guide. It's unlike anything you may have experienced before in written form. Pre-order either book, and you'll get access to a limited edition Five Marks poster. Get all the details and claim your poster over at bryantome.com slash Five mark. That's bryantome.com slash five marks. Now, back to the show. I'm wondering, is there anything that you guys or that we did or learned or saw that is affecting your life after the trip? Um, um, and if there's not, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example for, for myself. I think I'm more, that's the, that's the longest I've been camping uh, a month, a month straight. I think up to that point with my last trip 
in Alaska, which is on a motorcycle, which was much more difficult because it rained the whole time. It was really tough. And that was, I think, 27 days, something like that, 28 days. So 31 days or whatever it was, the longest it was I've, I've done. And I, I had to learn to be patient <clears throat> and be about the journey. Which sounds so cliche, right? Everyone says, oh, it's about the journey, it's about the journey, it's about the journey. Problem is, very few people actually ever go on a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So the whole metaphor breaks down because you've never gone on a journey. You've maybe driven one night to get to the beach. That's it. You've never gone, you've never gone on a journey. You haven't hiked more than three miles. You've never gone on a vacation longer than two weeks. I mean, very few people ever go on a journey. So for a month, you have to get into a, I've had to get in a different mind space of how you think, what your expectations are, your level of patience, your level of um, being okay with things going bad because you know something's going to go bad, whether it's a wheel bearing or whatever. You just, you, you just learn to be in a different pace. And so when I've gotten back into my day job, uh, I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a job, I've got a probably a 13-year journey till I say, I'm probably done. I can't do this anymore. Probably 13 additional years. This is at least what I'm, what I'm going for right now. And I find myself, since I'm back, I'm just, I'm a little less bothered when something doesn't go right. Because you expect that on a, on a legitimate journey, right? I'm, I'm a little less flustered when something doesn't go according to plan. Because it doesn't go according to plan when you're driving to Alaska. So I think that that journey mentality, that patience, that resiliency, um, I think it's helped me deal with the with the problems and nuances and the difficulties um, of my normal day job. How about you guys? Anything that you picked up that you're applying? And and you know, doesn't have to be either. It could be no. It's just a great trip and loved it. I, I don't know if I'm applying something, but I, I had a really hard time when I got back adjusting to being back. Like I was, I really missed the trip. <laughs> I missed being with you guys. I missed. The, the routine that we were in mm-hmm. um, and I was I was kind of working through well what what why why do you miss all that and I got to thinking between the four of us we've got more than 140 years of marriage mm. and between the four of us we've got something like that many years of following Jesus mm-hmm. when's the last time you were around two people like that and to be around eight people like that and to get along for that lo- amount of time. And and, it, and it's not to say we didn't get – I'm sure people got annoyed at me. I got annoyed at people, but – You got annoyed at me? Not you. <laughs> but but it just – it was just a really – that, that's, that's a <laughs> – that was it was a powerful thing yeah when you start putting all that together mm. of course you miss that or, or, or i i missed it so i i really it it took me a while to go like man i gotta get i gotta snap out of this because you're not going back to alaska for a while so it was just a real i was mm. really surprised at my reaction when mm. i got home well you gotta i would think what we all got was a was a very long drink of deep, impactful community. I mean, we lived in community. It was, yeah. it was as close to being in a commune as you could get. We yeah. had our own money and resources, but you're with each other in every situation, day in, day out, for a month. And there's a lot of people I know who are really, really good folks um, who just couldn't live in an environment where they had to 
give and take, you know, for for a whole month. Uh, there's very very few people who could who could do what we did and still come out on the other side friends. It's pretty yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So that it, it, that was that really had a huge impact on me. Yeah. So I'm just really thankful for that for how I felt and the mm-hmm. experience of all of it. I, I agree with you on that one, Jeff. I mean, I, I, I love the, the – we got into a little bit of a rhythm, you know, with driving, then nice meal, and then we sit around the campfire and talk and everything. I really love that. And I think one of my takeaways is – and I had not been overlanding before other than the trip to Kentucky. Which was but two nights, right? Two nights, yeah. Two nights. Uh, my, it was cold, though. That was the – that was – it yeah. didn't get that cold in Alaska. My, my contacts froze the one morning in Kentucky, <laughs> which was which was kind of – that was a – I had to talk to Lori that I'm like, it's okay. Hey, honey, it's not that bad, you know. But uh, Cottonball was worried about your contacts freezing. No, 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 no. I was worried about my contacts freezing. But Wait, I, she was I, worried about something. <laughs> what? Hold on, I don't believe it. Let me. Worried? No. I need to take a minute here and defend my wife, Kimberly, or Lori, or Cottonball, but or Queen she, Cottonball. She was. She was. She was. She was tough during this whole thing. Absolutely. She, she stretched herself, and she. Yeah. I mean, I, I just no think question. back about camp and everything and she was always there carried her weight and just did a fantastic job so yeah but what i was going to say is that um uh when i got back one of my takeaways was how i I just felt like that was really healthy to to do what we did in other words it it, like every day you know you're doing something physically mentally for me i hadn't been uh, overlanding before we're in a new part of the world get to see stuff but like just like i don't know it's just really healthy to to stimulate your mind, your body, and just be doing that different stuff. And it just, yeah. it felt really healthy. I felt, I felt energized, even though a lot of times we were quite tired. It, it we did really well. I mean, cause we pushed ourselves at times and we still had a ton of energy to do a bunch of stuff. We really did. Yeah. I loved it. So I think for me, there's two things, right? The first one is, this is, uh, about Lori. So, we were sharing. We we teased Cotton Ball a bunch. I probably did. I, I probably crossed the ski tips a little bit. I apologize to her, but she was. A, I called her the super helper, right? And she would she would she would give Kim a lot of assistance. Like, there's a parking spot. There's a that guy has his blinker on. You know, you're within twenty feet of that guy. There's a turn up here, right? Just the whole thing. And I'm like, and so I was like, you know, you and I have a shirt because my wife does that to me. It says G A M on it. It's just a grown ass man. My wife bought it for me, going like because she recognizes that she wants to kind of give me perpetual feedback. And your response to her to is, her I is, got it. I got it. I'm a grown ass man. I can see the parking spot. And so we were talking about this, and the thing that I took away was. We all have stuff that we can work on in life. And when I confronted Lori with the super helper thing, she was very open to – I'll use the word criticism or constructive feedback, whatever you want to call it. But I could feel – you know, when somebody gives you feedback and it's true, it's really easy to react to that and push back away from it. And when I apologized the next morning to Lori going like, hey, man, if I cross the line, she's like, no, I need to work on that. And so I'm like – the takeaway for me is what are the areas where I have to do stuff in my life and I'm kind of going like, do I, do I give people the freedom to kind of share with me that the stuff that I'm jacked up in? And, uh, and if they do that, am I defensive or do I receive it and then kind of work on it? And so I've been thinking about that. I still don't 
think I have very many areas that I'm jacked up in, but <laughs> if somebody wants to point no, it out, no, we'll see how, you, we'll no, see how no. I react every, every, to it. Everything Man. that you understand and feel and the way you see the world, we all we all know that's right. Right. <laughs> Everyone is <laughs> you, you, We've heard. I we agree are, with you. Well, right. Agree of course. You. Oh, one, one thing you agree with me on. Sure. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then I've, and then I also learned how to seed ground. Oh. oh, oh yeah. No, no, like, no, yeah, no, you seed ground. Caleb, you might want to turn off his mic. C-E-D-E. No, you learned a new phrase. You haven't learned a new technique yet. No, you've not. Whatever. <laughs> I have thought, though, we probably should, should try to raise some money for you right now and your vision you have. Oh, man. So that's going to be a challenge, right? Oh, it's amazing. You're going to buy all the coal plants in America? Right. No, so this is this this is it. So you have opportunities to just have long, extended conversations with people. And if you don't catch it one night, that's okay. There's another night coming up. In fact, there's at least 30 more nights coming up. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you're always looking for something to talk about. So, man started uh, talking about, uh, and we were going to have a whole podcast. We might have still a whole podcast on this, but give us your your pitch on on this, because this some people find this very fascinating. I, fi- I still find it fascinating. Yeah, so I find it fascinating, too. So, I, I, I look, I, I spent a lot of time running uh, coal plants. Produ- I worked for Duke Energy for a while. And um, I think the regulators are way ahead of themselves. I think the regulators that want to have a transition to clean energy are too far over their ski tips. They're, they've been on – they've attacked coal plants since the early 2000s. Nobody wants to buy them. Nobody wants to operate them. And I think we're going to wake up in 2030 or 2028 when they're all shut down. Because there's and, laws in the books. They have to be shut down by that day. Yeah, so they, it started It started earlier than that, right? You had to invest a bunch of money to take, you know, I mean, coal plants are dirty. Right? There's no question about it, right? They pollute the air and they put mercury in the water and they're, they're not great. Um, but they produce a lot of electricity in, the, in North America. And I think Germany went down the path. And shut down everything, and then they found out, geez, you know what? We can't light light bulbs, and we can't run plants, and we got to figure stuff out, and so we can't do it with windmills. So I think the I think that uh, it's hard to learn from history. It's super hard to learn from recent history, and I think the U.S. is on a path to do that. So I'm trying to put together. I like I know I can. I know what I can do. I can operate power plants, right? Um, and put together a team that can do it. We just need to find investors that are willing to to believe in the believe what I think is going to happen. And then, you know, if we can get the money, then we'll, I want to buy, the vision is to buy all, there's probably 190 gigawatts of coal plants in North America. I think 50 of them are totally viable and operable till at least 2028, probably 2032. And uh, I'd love to, I'd love to be the largest coal only uh, power producer in North America. (laughs) We'll see. Right, because you believe that we're not going to be able to meet these goals, and then yeah. push comes to shove, everyone's going to say at the very end, "I got to charge my iPhone. Right. I got to have my lights on. Right. I've got to be able to run my HVAC." And so I've got. And so, but there's not going to be any place to get power other than the coal plants that man now owns, and anybody who's invested with them, who's able to crank out that energy for just another like maybe four years, so it catches up. But you make bank in four years, right? There was a guy that did it in Brilliant. Germany, made a lot of money, like billions, like north of $10 billion. I think you could buy the coal plants for next to nothing. Um, you know, they're, so there, there's not a lot of – it's going to take private money. Public money won't do it because of environmental, you know, social ESG, basically, investors, they won't do it. So it's going to take a special kind of investor to do it. Um, 
yeah, we'll see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. So you've heard it here on the aggressive mm-hmm. life and all the all the billionaires who listen to our podcast, they're just gonna rise to <laughs> yeah. the rise send, to the send top and yeah. Yeah. All of them. What do I give them my cell phone number? I'm just kidding. <laughs> You can get give me your email right now if you want. It's C Whitlock one W H I T L O C K the number one at Mac dot com M A C. There you go. There you go. You might be surprised. Send me the money, <laughs> or tell me why I'm tell me why it's not a good idea. I'd like that too. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. No, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I really do. I like it. It's calling the bluff on all the all the pie in the sky Pollyannish hopes and dreams of. Yeah, alternative energy. I we're support just, it. We're I just, we're just not ready for it. Yes, of course we do. Of course we do. It, yeah. It's we're, we can't do it yet. There's no way. There's right. no way. Right. I mean, even just thinking about uh, us, alternative energy. People ask, well, "What do you think about those Rivian trucks?" And they look great. They look great. What else? Someone still has got a Rivian. It's great. Love it. Looks sounds fantastic. Good. Wouldn't work for me at all because I'm driving all day, and I'm the last thing I need to do is park my vehicle in a park paid parking lot for four hours so I can keep going. Cause the only time my vehicle is parking is when I'm sleeping. So electrical vehicles for Overland does not work right now. It may some point, I hope it does at some point, yeah. it doesn't work. Should I had range anxiety and I could go a hundred miles further than you, a hundred miles less than the Hot Wheels truck. And I had four gallon or five gallons of diesel on my truck. But there were times where I was like, we're not going to make it. I couldn't imagine what that'd be like in a battery electric truck oh, i know and it's not like you can get a jump right well you <laughs> right. or somebody bring a can of gas yeah no we laurie and i talked about that we were going up to chicago to see the kids we were on 94 and it was gridlock seven lanes on each side of traffic and you just thought how how would they charge all these cars like what if everybody decided they needed to get off in the next 25 miles to get gas or get electric i mean it just it's not there and i that's why i think you are right that there's no yeah. way they're going to have the infrastructure to pull this off We'll see. Yeah. It just seems like there's a bunch of unrealistic expectations that aren't rooted in reality. You know, that's like the waste of these batteries that are created, the slave labor that goes into the batteries mm-hmm. uh, when we're simultaneously down on nuclear energy, which I'm biased because my dad put me through school. He, took, he put me through my seven years of college. <laughs> you and Tommy boy? Yeah, right, exactly. Like Except I wasn't doctors. a doctor, right? Because <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was a nuclear engineer. He troubleshot nuclear reactors. But you can take all of the nuclear waste, all of it, from the beginning of time, every battleship, every plan, everything, and you can store it in an area that's the size of a Walmart. And you can, you know? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can make that safe. Whether it's in Yucatan Mountain or where, wherever it is, it's, it's – but, you know, no, we can't have that. And it's not pollutant or anything. We just – so, oh, we can't have that. No, we can't have that. But we all want to live in modern society where we are tech-dependent and energy-dependent and all that stuff. And no, it doesn't – it's not working the way it is right now. We, it's not going to work. Where are we going next on our trip? When's the next trip? I don't know. What do you What do you want to do? What do you think? So I sent the. I got the Baja. I got the, oh, the Baja, Baja one. Right. Oh right. You think that's gonna be harder, easier, well, more dangerous, less dangerous? It's probably gonna be a lot more dangerous. Right? Why? I mean, I think just going into Mexico is probably gonna be rougher than. See. You know. Probably need those all those big guns you brought for the bears. 
We'll bring our shotguns. So it's probably not going to stand up well. I think that's the one thing I tell everybody. I'm too. sorry to burst your bubble. All the people who like guns like to bring guns. Do not bring a gun. It's not worth it. All the camping I've done, I've never had a bear come, come into my camp. Never. Never. And even if they did, if you're in Canada, by law, you can't have the weapon loaded in your vehicle anyway. So what? You're going to see a thing and all of a sudden, hold on, Mr. Bear. Let me go find my shells and put it in my shotgun. It, you know, it's, it's, it's not worth the hassle, in my opinion. And I uh, and take this from a gun guy. Just haven't needed it. It's not worth the hassle. But anyway. So I'm going to do Baja or Maine. That's where I'd put those out on the table. The Baja deal The Baja deal's a bigger bite, but I think it's a uh, thousand miles. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I do. I do it with you guys any day. I right there. Just tell me when. Those are two entirely opposite trips. For sure. Yeah. Maine is uh, pavement and have cozy little time with right. you know crab shacks and stuff, all yeah. that stuff, and which would be cool. Yeah. Very very cool. But yeah, that one you're talking. The Baja would be an adventure. Yeah, you're talking about danger with cartels and stuff. Do you think? What do you think? Probably. I don't know. You know. Is that a good idea, Chuck? I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. My wife would probably be like, "I'm not sure." I think. I think I could. I think I could get her to the spot where to do it. I think the Baja Peninsula is probably safer than. You're not going to the Mazatlan where the Sinaloa cartel is. I think it'd be. I think it would be safe. Yeah, I don't think the cartel has much interest in the Baja Peninsula. Yeah, they probably have interest in Jeff's little red truck. <laughs> Why? Because it's little and red. Huge. And shiny. <laughs> Beans trucks all scratched up and wrecked. Uh, I, do, I would say, I would say, I would, I would, I would throw down for Baja 2024. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we'd have, probably have to figure out a different time of the year to do it. You know, if you did, if your breaks in the July, August. Oh, Mexico be, in July. What could be, be bad about that? Well, what, hotter what, than Nads. Yeah, right. Well, what's, what's the problem with that? No problem. Okay. How about this? How about the, let's do the lightning round. Lightning round. Everyone's got to go real quick, real quick on this. Four questions for us. And uh, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Favorite campsite. Favorite campsite. We had 30 of them. Favorite campsite? Atlin Lake. Atlin Lake for me, too. Atlin Lake or maybe the one where we camped where the two uh, rivers came together. Oh, the Peace the River. Yeah, and the Hooli. That was Pelly pretty River. sweet. Mm -hmm. We camped right down on the water. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. I like. Uh, I know we're off the lightning round. Give us the next question. No, that's good. <laughs> I have lightning round questions. Those are good. I, I wouldn't disqualify any of those. That's what fine. would you say? Just because I like the, uh, just because I liked the belief that I don't think anyone ever camped there before, uh, Classic Alaska that we just talked about. Yeah, that's fair. Close I'm, second. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Best meal. Shakira. Best meal. Shakira. Kilter Farm halibut and salmon. Oh, dang. Cooked by Chuck. Hold, hold on. Kilter Farm. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. What's Kilter Farm? The Kilter Farm. Oh, you mean the the the, the well, Swedish yeah, chick up yeah, there? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was fascinating. And great woman, great woman, Seaside. great spot, beautiful view, Homer. and dinner was spectacular. Now that was an example of somebody who you spoke to, and it was appropriate to speak to them, and they we needed them to talk longer. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Daniel, you would say I spoke to Daniel. You wanted him to talk longer. You just didn't want. You just didn't want. You just wanted him to do the wheelberry. No, he was fine. Yeah, that's right. That was, that was, that's right. <laughs> now with this chick, chick. 
what was she, 75? 80, 82. 80, 82, 83. I think, 82, yeah. her dad, one of the original founders of Alaska, right? That we just stumbled onto her place yep. and mm-hmm. she let us camp on her farm and she told us her story and she brought a book that she had written and she brought, we all bought her book. That, yeah, that meal that we had there, which was your fish, right? It was the halibut. The halibut. Yeah, we and all bought salmon. it. It was, do, we, do we have halibut and salmon? Didn't Those we? are two separate meals. I we think bought, we had so we bought the same you're place. Right. You're right. Yep. You're right. You're right. Right. But anything ma- anything prepared on that blackstone was awesome. That yeah. blackstone was clutch. It was yeah. clutch. Mm-hmm. I agree for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Funniest moment. Did you remember when Mian was sound asleep on the life jackets at lunch <laughs> on the Clutina River when we were king salmon fishing? That, no, no, wait, wait, that was that, that yeah. was yeah. that yeah. was that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. tonight. Find, find something <laughs> yeah. to make him stop talking. Something. It uh, was, anytime there was a fishing pole around, he would just fall right asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, first of all, you were, you face, were fishing. You were face down, Chuck. You were. You were Casting. Faced out. <laughs> you were casting. There was no fish in that river. Uh, none. Not none. that day. Yeah. Right? None. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Mm. It's face down on up. That's like fa- that's like falling asleep in bowling shoes. Right? <laughs> a rented life jacket. Like, ugh. But it was a pretty good nap, man. Yeah. I'll tell uh, you that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. I agree. Uh, BT karaoke, uh, come sail away. That was oh, pretty good. Yeah. Funny. Was, What's funny about well, that? That was, that? Just, that was, that was, was high fun, art. Uh, fun, 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 not funny. Come sail away. Come <laughs> sail away with me. However it goes. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, uh, that was fun doing the, doing the karaoke thing. That was very, very cool. All right. How about favorite piece of gear? So here we can be helpful. Look at all the gear you brought, all the stuff that you packed and all that stuff. What would you tell people if you ever do a trip like this, make sure you bring favorite piece of gear? Good wipes. <laughs> okay. Well, you have a brand that you're... Uh... Yeah, they're called Good Wipes. Oh, Good Wipes. Yeah, May does have great ones. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. She does. All right, good wipes. They're going to use them at least twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. Exped mattress. If you can't sleep, nothing else matters. And that, uh, that to, for me, that's a game changer. Yeah. But I was, I was going to say rooftop tent. Yeah. I mean, that was, that's key. If you can get a good night's sleep and be comfortable and dry, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So Lorenzen, when I got first got into this, Overlanding, I was like, what do I, what, how do I need to think about this? And he gave me what I think is really good advice. He said, you're going to spend eight hours a day in your truck. So you better have a nice truck. He said, you're going to spend eight hours sleeping and you're going to spend four hours around a campfire. So if you're comfortable in those three spots, you're good. Mm-hmm. So good you better have a good truck. I mean, we drove 9,000 miles. That's a good advice. Yeah. Like try that in a, try that in a Rivian. Like, it ain't happening. So you get a vehicle that's dependable. We drove a long ways, and we had my wheel bearings. That was it. Yeah. Everything else. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to yeah. if you're gonna send it, make sure you have a piece of equipment that can drive you a long Yeah, distance. you could certainly – we talked about trucks. I mean, a forerunner would be great. There's a yeah. bunch of vehicles that would be great. For Just sure. make sure it's comfortable for you, mm-hmm. that you like it. Yep. Yep. Is there anything that you think that we should be talking about – that we haven't talked about yet, or you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I mean, I think the dynamics, the, the dynamics of 
how eight people can get along. We touched on that, but I think that that's a really – there's not very many people that you could put eight people together and survive for 30 days. I think that there's probably something there. There might be something around um, you know, what happened – like we all – when we were together, it was pretty – it was pretty good. But I think that there was – I know I had tension in my truck <laughs> with my wife a couple of times, right? And it was part of my deal. So maybe talking about how the how the thing, you know, off keying off of your deal about marriage. We've all been married a long time. How how that dynamic kind of worked out. That might be worthwhile. Yeah. I don't know how that fits. I don't know if that fits into the yeah, aggressive sure life podcast, but yeah. being married's aggressive. <laughs> and being married for thirty plus years is pretty aggressive. Yeah. So I think those would be two topics. Um Well, if you if you if you've been if you stay married a long time, you have to be aggressive to stay married a long yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. You can't just Yeah, yeah. You can't just float through. And then if I had another one, it would be how you deal with how you deal with um planning and not planning and just kind of letting stuff kind of happen. There's probably some questions around that that would be worthwhile for people to kind of yeah. deal with. I mean, I don't know the answers to any of those things, but those I think are three topics that are probably worth trying. That was one of mine. I got two. That was one of mine was flexibility. Mm. You got to be flexible yeah. in this. I, I am, I am very. Believe it or not, a lot of people are surprised by this because I play up the fun guy, the aggressive go for thing, which is all true. But I've learned to be a very disciplined person. I got certain things I do every morning, whether it's athletic greens in the morning or whether it's my, my time with God and how much I'm reading the Bible and I'm work, getting a workout in pretty much every day. And I've got, I mean, I've got a lot of systems and processes I do mm-hmm. every day and none of them, none of them other than athletic greens. <laughs> That's the only one. Cause I could just drink that in the morning. Like I didn't have a workout that, like for a month. No workout. I think we started the first first day. Okay, we're gonna go out and do calisthenics. <laughs> we're gonna do deep knee beds. Like, oh, okay. I, I did it once. Just the one I did. Didn't do it again. It wasn't a workout the whole time. Right. I never sat and read my Bible the whole time. I, I stayed with my Bible readings. I, I downloaded and listened to my chunk of scripture. I um, flexibility as far as doing what somebody else wants to do. Flexibility as far as what the route was. It was, it was flexibility over and over and over yeah. and over again. Instead of um, my normal systems and processes, I I was surprised by that. That was a that was a unique thing. I I'm not I'm more flexible than I thought I would have been. There I'm thankful be, for that. I think those are I think the and I think everyone exhibited that. There, there's yeah. no way the eight of us can come out of the other end of that not like chewing each other up unless everybody has an acceptable level of flexibility. You've got to have it on something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there might be another topic too that's like there's a difference. Like you're a leader, Brian, right? You said you've led a bunch of trips, but to transition from a leader to a follower, and we're a bunch of alpha. Like you led a lot of people mm-hmm. in a tax department. You lead a successful, but how you how you flip from I'm a leader to I'm following? That's that that might be a worthwhile. Yeah, but I don't know if we want to take any of them. That's a good. One. Those are all good ones. Yeah. Hey, I, I lead because I want to see things get done. I don't lead because I need to be the leader. You know, I'm I'm 
goal driven. Yeah. Not my personal ego. So it was like, yeah, you're going to leave. I think you're the best way. Yeah. Easy. Done. Yeah, it was easy, and I think I did a pretty good good job with a fo- as a follower oh, you with did. you. No, I think you did You're great. Yeah. No, I can tell you as the guy that was leading it, I think you all did a phenomenal yeah. job. But I don't think that that that, that challenge it take you have to be aggressive to right. to let somebody else lead. Yeah, I, especially I that, if that's your. I mean, it just it, if we if we yeah. weren't a good team on this trip, it would have been it would have been tough. I mean, and I think that that, that whole team thing, like you're. It's just not you. It's you're, you're supporting everybody else, and you guys supported me. I supported you at times, but it was—I mean, it literally like like helping us fill our water tank one time, that right. type of stuff. I mean, but there were just little things day to day that we yeah. did that built trust and appreciation among ourselves that really helped. I thought, and the whole team thing was was really pretty cool because it, yeah. it we, we I can remember before I left, I told people we'll either be to each other's throats or this could work out really well, right. and it yeah. worked out really, really well. well. Right. So. So that for me, I think that that deal where we were focused on others, if I tie back to the thing where I was, there were, there was a long period of time where I was focused on making you guys happy and I wasn't focused on making my wife happy. And my wife was feeling the pressure of, you know, I'd be like, you got to help me find this. You got to do that. When you wanted to get your oil changed, man, I'm like, how are we going to get oils changed? And you know, it was a Sunday in Anchorage. And yep. so I think this that, that teamwork was super important and it was really easy to kind of support you guys. And then I, I got a, an F at sometimes with my wife, right, where I was like not supporting her and being focused on her. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I think the other one for me other than flexibility <clears throat> is f- uh, financial – uh, I don't know what well, financial wherewithal, financial flexibility. Uh, we we did it as really as cheaply as you could have done it in many ways. We camped. We didn't stay in any hotels. We cooked our own food. What we we averaged what like maybe buying one meal out once every several days yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every three days. Yeah. You know, we didn't fly up and rent a car. We used our own cars. So a lot of that. None of those ways. There was we did it as affordably as you could, and the amount of money I spent was way. Beyond. In fact, not only, I'm not even adding it up. I don't really add it up. I, but I know I spent a lot of money because I've got to. I got to tap into my home equity credit line to pay off my credit card bill. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding around. You know, like I've been waiting for years and years and years, which I got to do that like today. You know, I've been waiting for years and years and years and years and years and years and years to do this a long time, and when you're in it. You're on it. Yeah. Like you're yep. just gonna, yep. I'm not gonna get back here again. And gas is more expensive. And, and we're taking like a private uh, flight, like taking a, <laughs> taking a, we didn't talk about this one, taking a little puddle jumper plane that lands on a stony beach where there's bears. And we're just, what, we're 30 yards away from two mm-hmm. male bears that were fighting yeah. each other and squaring yeah. up. And, and we're there. Yeah, and we're there because that little deal and that memory cost me and Lib. What was our what was our portion? Like eight hundred bucks a person, I think. Uh, something okay, like a that. person. Yeah. So yeah, that's a sixteen hundred bucks spend that I wasn't planning on. Like, bam, you know. Yeah. I mean, and there was a bunch of those, and they were all worth it. Yeah. And I'm glad I did it. And you just had to have an attitude of, man, I make good money. I'm a really good saver. I'm not gonna, re- but I'm, you know. I haven't saved for this to this extent. And I got other stuff I need to do. And I just, I, I need to make it all work. And, so and 
So I was glad I did it, but that's an attitude you got to have if you're going to do yes, this. Do. Don't yeah. don't go on a trip like this or a journey like this if you think it's going to be the same thing as driving to Florida. It's not. Mm-hmm. I think the flip side of that, though, right, when we reflected on – I mean, we didn't even talk about the flight to Clark Lake, right? Wow. That was yeah. the biggest – that was the biggest single expenditure. The right. fishing was super mm-hmm. expensive. But I think you could do this trip, man, without the big glammy things. And I wouldn't let money what out. Big, what, what did we do? We did the- No, I'm we saying did the, those two things didn't even make the- There was two. My point to you is okay. the financial part of this, right. the flip side of that is you could have done our trip. The food's a push, right? We didn't eat, right. you know- that's another really cool no, thing. No, you're right. So you're right. Yeah, there's probably- You're uh, spending more money in gas, right? Lots you're going to right. double or triple your gas money. No, in terms of quote-unquote extravagant things, yeah. those are the two. I can't think of another one. We, did one, we stayed one place for a shower, and it was a dumpy Airbnb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did we do something else that was really- It was just everything. All the- all the stuff for everything is expensive up there. I don't think we did anything anything else that would be extravagant. I wouldn't let we? money. I wouldn't let money stop somebody from doing a trip like this. No, right? but you I mean, better be prepared to be spend planning. money. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not prepared to spend money, you're going to be incredibly stressed. You're going to spend money on this. Well, if you, again, for me, take take the big spends out. You're going to spend more money on gas. Like do a gas budget, and then you're camping in the woods. You're going to eat wherever you're eating. You're probably saving money in well, normal stuff. No, I know that's what we did, man. Yeah. I'm talking about whoever's listening to this thing going like, I don't think you're saying you got to be super thoughtful about the financial piece. And I'm like, send it. Yes, yeah, send it. But you go. Gotta, you got to know that camping in this area is going to cost you totally three times what's going to cost the continental United States because everything has to get shipped up, shipped up there. It was how much, first perspective, a, a six pack of beer was 20 bucks, <laughs> a six pack. It was expensive. Of like basic, basic Boot, 20 bucks. Sparkling water's not that expensive. Though. Just drink sparkling water, man. It's the same. Man, man. you gotta live your lives. Come <laughs> on. And here's the other thing. Yeah, right. So uh, gas was, how much was gas gallon? Well, it was in liters and Canadian. Mm, so I, I have no idea. <laughs> right, yeah. no. So, the, so no, back to my point. It was saying, free, I, I don't know. What, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm buying it. doesn't matter. I, I'm spending on it. Right. I'm just saying you've got to have right. that attitude of financial flexibility of saying, send it. You're right. You've got to send it. But ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. You got to know that you got the financial wherewithal to send it. My little temporary thing on a home equity credit line is going to get ironed out in about two months or a month. Fine, no big deal. I'll figure it out. But I'm just saying, yeah, it's a it's a big deal, man. It's it's a big thing, and it's worth it. Spending Mexico's money on experience. Be, yeah, I agree with that. That I agree with. Like your money's not going to do you anything. The spending to have memories like this, it's worth. It's priceless. Whatever the Mastercard commercial, right? It's well worth it. Well, that was the biggest bummer for me about the trip is. That it was over. Yeah. Yep. Because the money we spent, what we got out of that expenditure was we had X months of planning, which was a lot of fun. Planning. Yes. We like this, we like that. All the tra- and we had all that preparation. Oh, what are you bringing? What gear are you bringing? Which, which thing? We want to do the cast yard. You want to do the outcan the way out? We, we had all that planning and all that banter, which is worth something, right? We hadn't even spent yes. any money yet, but because we were going to spend money, we were getting all that fun and buying stuff and yeah. kidding our rigs out. And then we obviously had all of the all of the driving up there and all of the stuff. There's another thing I spent money on I wasn't planning on. Handmade knife. <laughs> Handmade yeah. knife in Moose Alaska. Lake, Alaska. Awesome. Moose Lake, Alaska. How much did I pay for that knife? I don't remember. 100 400 and, I thought. Was it 400 I think so. For a handmade knife in Alaska. It's beautiful. Handmade by a guy did pounded it out. And um, 
you know, right. There was another one. And, um, you could not buy that knife. I know. I know. I had to do it. Long story there. Um, that's where I got the moonshine. I got to find where my moonshine is. I'm really, I'm, I'm a little concerned actually. I got to figure out where that is. (laughs) Sheesh. But, but we got all that. And then as a result of that money too, we have, we're reliving these memories where if someone would have just taken that amount of money and bought an expensive watch or bought a, Whatever, some expense you have it and sits in a drawer and it's done. But we we got a lot of mileage out of the money we spent. Yep, man, I agree. Oh yeah, I love mentally spending money with beans, getting his truck outfitted. Well, see, right? yeah, that, yeah, whole yeah. I mean, that whole exercise, that whole exercise to me well, is like yeah. spending. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 buy that. You know, oh yeah, yeah. rock side. Go ahead. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. absolutely, refrigerator. You got to buy that. Oh, oh, absolutely, you got to get a roll top. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm sitting in the dealership up in Wilmington, Ohio, looking at Ram Power Wagons, and I'm talking to Brian Tome. I mean, he's coaching me on what I should be looking at and everything. But, yeah, we started from scratch, and you all were awesome coaches, and and thank you. I that told was, you I would have made it easy you, for you. Right. Give me $125,000, yeah, I'll kit everything out for you. I remember when Chuck said, said, did you figure out how much it cost you to take an Alaska vacation? It's like, I don't even want to know. But this is going to go now for a while yeah, with man. this truck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to Baja. Yeah, the amortization of every night the cost goes down. So you're 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 what, every night of camping, man. You're about what, like fifteen grand a night or something like that? No, it's better than that. Now I probably I probably use my truck sixty nights, and I probably well, I'm not going to do the math. It's still, a big <laughs> but we've used that truck, man. You're probably right. It has been sixty nights. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah. And then Baja will be, but like you said, Brian, I agree with you. This thing is about the memories. The planning, the dinners we had in advance, but um, yeah, no, the the memories and and the the planning for the whole deal was like awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. And and I don't know what you got any what you got out of this. The hope here isn't that we've convinced a bunch of people to go to Alaska or a bunch of people spend a lot of money on four four wheel drive vehicles. But I hope there's something you got here. Like maybe you've had a dream to do something. It's time to stop mm. dreaming it and start doing it. Maybe you're realizing, man, I don't really know anybody that I could do something like that with. Maybe you need to start expanding your relational circle. And it's going to be basic things you do to get to know people and understand them and them understand you. Maybe it's maybe it's having a a financial goal that isn't just savings oriented. Maybe it's a financial goal that's spending oriented, that you're going to actually spend money on something that's significant and important. I, I don't know what it is. I'm hoping you got something from our story here, but the point of the aggressive life is for you to make aggressive moves to enjoy your life. This is your life, not your waiting period. This is your life. You get one of them, enjoy it. Hey, it's been great having you part of the whole thing today, guys. Thanks for sacrificing time and sharing your wisdom. It's been really good. And thanks for being really, really great friends. And thanks to all the friends who are out there on The Aggressive Life. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Thanks for joining us on this journey toward aggressive living. Find more resources, articles, past episodes, and live events over at bryantome.com. Pre-orders for my new books, a repackaged edition of The Five Marks of a Man, and a brand new Five Marks of a Man tactical guide are open right now on Amazon. If you haven't yet, leave this podcast a rating and review. It really helps get the show in front of new listeners. 
And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.